mornings. I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a conversation with Gary Harpst, the founder of Solomon Software and Six Disciplines and a best-selling author, talks about the business and organizational leadership skills he says we all inherently have, whether we realize it or not, from his new book, Built to Beat Chaos. Also coming up this morning, it's the season for entertaining and backyard social gatherings. We have fresh spring cocktail ideas to add some sparkle to your next soiree. And we'll get another collection of yummy recipes straight from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, April 14th, 2023. Some interesting items here, some interesting news tidbits that are worth knowing among the first things uh, you need to know this morning. The company that owns uh, Findlay's Mall has now purchased the Lima Mall. I don't know if you heard about this. Lima's hometown stations, WLIO-TV, reporting that the Cohan Retail Investment Group, based in New York, has purchased the Lima Mall property for $12 million. Uh, They, of course, uh, own the uh, Findlay village mall uh now so that's kind of uh, interesting i just that's i think the uh, third mall uh in ohio that they own uh own a number of them all over the country but uh now they own the uh, finlay and lima malls uh we uh, learned that charles the third will be crowned king of the uk in a ceremony to be televised around the world on may 6th did we know that before i don't know that popped up on the uh, on the newswire um I mean, was that just announced? I don't, I'm not a royal watcher, so I don't know. But I guess we have a date now. May 6th, ceremony will be held at Westminster Abbey, where monarchs have been crowned since the year 1066. And uh, Charles will be number 40 in a line that started with William the Conqueror. So, okay, so we know that now. And uh, this was uh, kind of interesting and a tad bit scary. Uh, it appears that China wants to start building a base on the moon within five years. The Chinese want to colonize the moon within the next five years. This is according to a state media report out of the communist nation. They have made substantial progress in space exploration in recent years, including launching their own manned space station. Um You remember back in the 1950s, the U.S. was in a space race with the USSR, uh, fearing that our enemies might gain an advantage in conquering the final frontier. Well, now it appears that we are in a similar situation with our closest rival in the 21st century and China. Now, the U.S. has plans. NASA has its own plan to put a space station on the moon to colonize the moon, but They have yet to set a timetable, and now China says five years uh, they will be on the moon and colonizing. So we better better light a fire under those folks at NASA, because I don't think we want China to be first with a colony on the moon. You know what I mean? I don't think we want that. So it'll be interesting to see how U.S. government, specifically NASA, responds to that. Now... I don't know if that's a realistic goal or not, 
But that's what they say, five years. So I guess we'll see. Some of the uh, other most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, the first news worth knowing. Um, so here is the uh, latest report about uh, chatbots. You know, chat GPT has been very much in the news in recent months. And apparently, this is a, uh, a report that I saw on the Newswire. I don't know initially who looked into this, uh, where this report originated, but apparently some employees, some anonymous employees, have admitted to using ChatGPT, that artificial intelligence bot, chatbot. Uh, employees have admitted to using this to do their jobs <laughs> without their employers knowing. Um, it says workers can work multiple full-time jobs in a fraction of the time. Jobs like creating marketing materials, which the AI program is fairly competent in doing. Chat GPT does like 80% of my job, said one worker by the name of Ben. Ben didn't use his last name or tell where he was employed or else he probably would no longer be employed. But he said he has even used chat GPT to create cover letters to apply for more jobs. Um, one worker on Twitter uh, wrote that uh, the AI chatbot allows him to troubleshoot client questions without using Google. So, uh, and another anonymous employee says he does not trust businesses to pay more for increased output for greater productivity. So this is a way to guarantee more income because he can hold down multiple full-time jobs by allowing the chatbot to oversee them all. I don't know. I think once uh, employers get wind of this, there's going to be some folks who have some have some splaining to do, have some questions to answer. That's kind of interesting. I don't know. I have, I have not used the chat GPT AI chatbot, but uh, know a lot of people have. I don't know. If it could do my job, I don't... I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, the weather has broken. It has uh, been absolutely gorgeous this week. It gets us in the mind of uh, summertime and summer vacation season. Do you have... High hopes for your summer vacation. A new survey of 2,000 Americans finds 72% believe that social media creates unrealistic expectations of travel. Have you ever had that? You look at other people's vacation pictures online and you think, why don't my vacations ever look like that? Well, of course, on social media, you can curate what you share. And so people get kind of a skewed look. 67% in this survey said their own planning led them to be disappointed while on vacation, but over half said they didn't let their initial disappointment impact their trip. Here's how to enjoy your vacation, even if maybe it's a bit disappointing. First, learn about a place's history. Uh, learn some words in the local language if you're going someplace where they speak a different language. And use local experts to find the hidden gems, the, the spots that you don't want to miss as a tourist. Incredible vacations don't just happen by chance, according to Katie Rocket of Exodus Travel. Making the most of precious time away uh, takes know-how, experience, and incredible planning. So, something to uh, keep in mind. But, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, vacations, if you're uh, traveling to Georgia sometime in the near future, 
You should be aware of this. Wildlife officials in the Peach State are warning people to be on the lookout for drunk birds. <laughs> yes, it's that time of year. The drunk birds in the South. The Department of Natural Resources in the state of Georgia says uh, some birds will start eating fruit that has begun to ferment around this time of year. <laughs> which, of course, affects coordination, which leading leads to the birds... Uh, to fly erratically, <laughs> they might they might uh, be appearing to dive bomb you or fly into windows, and so they're not they're not being stupid or they're not being aggressive. They're just drunk. Uh, in extreme cases, can lead to alcohol poisoning and even death for the birds. But uh, <laughs> beware the drunken birds, in the state of Georgia. <laughs> just a little uh, warning there for you if you're going to be uh, traveling south uh, sometime soon and i saw this on the uh, newswire this morning and i thought now this definitely uh, falls under the category of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day among the first things you need to know and sometimes these are the types of things that you wouldn't even have thought to ask but thank goodness someone did have you ever gotten a blood transfusion have you ever received uh, uh blood from a, a donor have you ever wondered if the gender of the donor matters? Whether if, if, you're a, if you're a male and you receive blood donated by a female or vice versa, does that make any difference? I must admit, I have never even thought about this, but somebody did. The U.S. National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute identified this question as a priority. So not only was this something that they were curious about or someone was curious about this was a priority question for the uh, heart lung and blood institute and researchers studied more than 8700 patients to find an answer 80 percent of the patients that were studied received a transfusion as an inpatient and researchers found that there was no stati statistically significant difference in survival rates between those who received male or female donor blood. No statistical significance uh, in the difference in survival rates. Uh, as a blood provider, we were very happy to answer this very important question about, uh, about transfusions, according to Dr. Jason Acker. We hope the findings will encourage all eligible donors to continue to donate. Again, I would have had no... I wouldn't even have thought to ask that question, but uh, it's interesting now that I know the answer, isn't it? There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, plenty of sunshine expected again today with a high of 82, becoming partly cloudy tonight, a low of 60. The city of Finley has begun the Blanchard River Greenway Trail Phase 2 project. The shared use path will start at the existing Greenway Trail on East Main Cross and extend eastward along State Route 568 towards the County Road 236 shared use path. Finley Mayor Christina Mern. Our goal is to create, you know, safe paths for everyone to have recreational opportunities and creating some of those primary paths throughout the community, allow people to get from their neighborhoods to those paths, and then hopefully out to some of our primary recreations. At the Blanchard River, a pedestrian bridge will be constructed just north of the existing bridge to get users across the river. Get more on this project on our website. 
Just across the Ohio border, about 2,000 people were evacuated in Richmond, Indiana, due to a huge fire at a plastics recycling plant. The plume made it to Preble County, Greene County, and Clark County. Both the EPA and Indiana Department of Environmental Management are on-site and monitoring air quality at 15 different locations across the site. Indiana's Environmental Resilience Institute said the smoke is not only dangerous to pulmonary health for people and their pets, but also might contain additional hazards of airborne chemicals that may be toxic. ONN's Kevin Landers reporting. The Finley Municipal Court will hold its 6th annual Safe Surrender Day on April 27th. People who have a bench warrant for their arrest, regardless of the reason, can get the warrant addressed by the court and released on that day. Over the past five years, the event has helped 383 people clear 455 bench warrants. Get more details about Safe Surrender Day on our website. An Ohio boy who's battling cancer throughout the first pitch in a game between the Guardians and Yankees. It's a moment of victory in a battle being fought since last October for 11-year-old Micah. Fighting a rare form of connective tissue and muscular cancer called ARMS. So a family day at the ballpark is just what was needed. It feels really good. I've lost support. Let's give it up now for Micah. First pitch in perfect weather for baseball. In Northeast Ohio, Emma Henderson. Remember, you can always get more news by visiting WFIN.com. Well, of course, most folks in these parts know Gary Harpst as the founder of Solomon Software years ago, which eventually got absorbed into Microsoft, and then from his Six Disciplines leadership company, the principles of which he laid out in two best-selling books. His latest venture is LeadFirst.ai, and his new book, just out this month, is called Built to Beat Chaos, Biblical Wisdom for Leading Yourself and Others. And Gary, first of all, what is uh, LeadFirst.ai? AI. Talk a little bit about this venture. Is this sort of an extension of six disciplines? Is this something totally different? Uh, what is this all about? Well, and it's actually related to the book. And the idea we we have noticed in talking to our clients is a, a sense of almost an overwhelming chaos. You know, lots of things are changing so fast, uh, economically, socially, and we felt the need to change our model, our business model, to be much more focused on the leadership development aspect of people, to equip them to lead in chaotic times, where six disciplines focused more on process and the mechanics of doing things well, lead first, will build on that, but focus more on leadership development. Now, the part uh, that part in the title of the book about biblical wisdom, that's really always been the driving force in what you do. Yes, I you know, I've always felt like uh, the good business is built on sound principles and the Bible is just full of basic truths about how things work, you know, and, and so uh, we we have always been a student in our organization of trying to weave those things together. In the book, I'm trying to do a, a more uh, clear job of, it's a really a business book, but I'm also trying to do a more clear uh, explanation of the linkage to biblical principles to good business practices. Now, uh, you talk a little bit about the, the premise uh, of Lead First and, by extension, the, the book itself. 
uh, as you said, kind of comes from the fact that many, if not, if not most leaders say that chaos is so pervasive uh, at their business or their organization. Is that primarily from external forces and all of this chaos around it that kind of seeps into the business or, or organization? Or how much of that uh, comes from inside and within? Oh, that is a very insightful question. And I think it's actually all of the above. We, I explain in the book that there's really three sources of chaos that um, seem to impact us. One is sort of the acts of God, the things we don't control, the weather, or maybe the, the recent COVID uh, virus, mm-hmm. those kinds of things that are bigger than we are. There's that, that dimension. The second dimension is the chaos among us. You know, history shows that it's difficult for people to get along, nations to get along. And even in our own country, there's more increasing divide in um, how we interact with each other. So there's every business leader is focused on trying to get people to work together to accomplish the mission of the organization. And it's not easy. Different values, different backgrounds, those sorts of things. The last type of chaos is, I think, the most difficult. It's the chaos inside each of us. We all have uh, different stages of life where we're trying to figure out who we are, where we're going, what's important to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, the interesting thing about the last type of chaos is when people have internal chaos, it makes it harder to have uh, good interactions with the people around us. So they're, they all feed off each other. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask uh, about you know where the <laughs> chaos comes from is because I wonder uh, to what extent has it always been this way and we're just no, now more cognizant of it or has there been some sort of evolution or de-evolution that is, has led to this pervasive chaos? You know, I think it's a perception issue. We, there's been chaos forever and you think about uh, oh, back in the what, 1200s or something, there was a a uh, pandemic that killed right. you know a third of the population. Sure, Th- to those people, that was just as big a chaos as our times. Right. I think what might be different today is social media makes us so much more aware mm-hmm. of individual chaos and social chaos that we have a sense. It it seems to be more um, oppressive, if you will. Yeah. And the, yeah, the point of the book is to fight against that. You know, the Genesis says we are created to have dominion and we are equipped to battle against this chaos. We just have to think straight about how to do it. Yeah, that's really what I found to be fascinating is that your argument is that human beings are actually designed to overcome and conquer chaos. How so? Well, the book of Genesis, the very first chapter is so interesting. I'll ask people, I said, what's the first thing God created in that story? And most people will say, well, I think it was light. Wasn't that what was the first first creation? And I said, read it more carefully. The very first bi- b- verse of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and it was void and without form. And so uh, God, the example God creates for us in the Genesis story is he created chaos first. Hmm. that everything was formless and void. And then he modeled for us the process of bringing order out of chaos. And then later in that chapter, he says, we are created in his image. So we're designed from the very beginning to take uh, the raw materials of life around us that can feel chaotic 
and to apply purpose to them and bring order out of them. And that's our calling. We're designed to do it. We can do it. But sometimes we lose sight that we can do it. So who is this book aimed at? Is it uh, specifically for business leaders uh, and entrepreneurs, that kind of thing? Or is this something that uh, everyone can take away from? Well, it, it is, uh, a lot of the examples are business examples, but the principles apply really to everyone. And uh, that's why I labeled it to leading yourself mm. and leading others. Uh, you know, you, you really can't lead others unless you can lead yourself. And so some of the same ideas apply. Purpose is the way you get control of chaos. In a business setting, purpose might be strategic planning. In an individual setting, it might be really thinking through your strengths and weaknesses and what's the strategy for your life. So you can see the analogies. They apply. Most of the examples are business examples. Again, Gary Har- Gary Harpst is uh, head of Lead First AI. Uh, of course, six disciplines. People are familiar with Solomon Software and, and all of that uh, in the past. This is his latest venture. His new book is Beat to Build, Built to Beat Chaos, Biblical Wisdom for Leading Yourself and Others. It is out this week. And Gary, do you have a website where folks can learn more about the book? Oh, absolutely. Leadfirst.ai is, is the name of our website. And of course, Amazon or Barnes and Noble, you can just search on my name or Built to Beat Chaos and you would find the book there as well. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Gary, thanks very much for taking the time. Certainly uh, best of luck with the book. Okay. Thank you, Chris. As the weather turns up, uh, gets warmer, we uh, start to entertain more, and you know, backyard barbecues and cookouts, all that social kind of uh, kind of thing. If you are looking to add some freshness and taste to your spring cocktail recipes, we have just the thing. Joining us this morning with some top tips and trend insights is Bombay Sapphire's master distiller, Dr. Ann Brock. Uh, Dr. Brock, is, is this something that you see trends from like one season, one year to the next? Well, right now we're actually seeing a big resurgence in classic cocktails. Um, but you're right, uh, depending on the season, people's taste change. And right now we're in spring, we've all got through winter, and people are looking for something a bit more uplifting, vibrant, and bright. So we're seeing cocktails like the Martini and the French 75 doing really well right now, which is great for me as they're two of my favorite cocktails. And they also lend themselves perfectly to being created with um, a bright, vibrant gin like Bombay Sapphire. So again, as we mentioned, you are a master distiller, so you know uh, the ins and outs of all of these things. Talk a little bit about what goes into uh, creating spirits that add freshness and that extra uh, splash of taste to your cocktail recipes? Absolutely. It's all down to the raw materials and then how you extract the flavors from those raw materials. So for us, for Bombay Sapphire, we have 10 botanicals that are hand-selected and sustainably sourced by our master of botanicals direct from our growers and harvesters. This allows us to make sure that we get the best of the very best 
And then once those botanicals have been selected and sent to me in the distillery here in the south of England, we then use a distillation process called vapor infusion. Now, that's a slightly different way to the way motions are made. Motions boil their botanicals um, up in the still, whereas we steam them, which is a gentler process and allows us to lock in the, the nature true taste of those botanicals. So uh, you have uh, recently launched uh, the the latest varieties of these uh, Bombay Bombay sapphires. Um, what was the inspiration uh, behind that? Tell us what is new and and the inspiration behind that, and kind of give us the lowdown. Absolutely. So our newest our newest product is called Bombay Sapphire Premier Crew, okay. and it was created to really be a testament to the relationships I've just mentioned that our master of botanicals have with our growers and harvesters. It's a unique relationship, and we really wanted to tell that story. The Bombay Sapphire Premier Crew celebrates a region of Spain, where all the citrus peel for classic Bombay Sapphire comes from. All the citrus peel in Bombay Sapphire is hand-harvested, it's hand-peeled, it's dried in the Spanish sun. Um, and we wanted to tell that story. So Bombay Sapphire Premier Crew, we've taken a late harvest of Fino lemons. We've paired them with mandarin and sweet navel orange. And the result is a gin that's bright, um, it's vibrant, but it's well-rounded and very citrus-forward. Mm, sounds delicious. Okay, so uh, for those amateur backyard mixologists, maybe you're uh, having a gathering and you want to uh, uh, present a, a really nice cocktail, what advice, what tips would you have on making and mixing the perfect drink? I mean, I would say that I, I love to support my local bar and get, get the expert to do it for me. But if you are at home and you do, uh, you do want to, you know, try and impress your friends, I say keep it simple. Don't get too complicated. Choose a cocktail that has a fewer ingredients, but that the final drink tastes more than the sum of its parts. So a great one for me is French 75. It's what I make all my friends. I use Bombay Sapphire's new launch, so the Premier Crew. Mm-hmm. Lemon, fresh lemon juice and sugar syrup shaken up um, over ice, strained into a champagne flute and topped up with sparkling wine or champagne. It's so quick to make. It's very simple and yet it tastes delicious. It turns every moment into uh, an occasion of celebration. Yeah, I, that sounds like something that is, is going to taste like it's much more complicated uh, than it actually is. And you're really going to impress your friends with uh, your knowledge of mixology uh, <laughs> with that. You don't have to, you don't have to you don't have to tell them how actually easy it is again uh, Bombay Sapphire's master <laughs> master distiller Dr. Ann Brock with us this morning talking spring and summer cocktails and uh, where do we get more information Ann? Uh, our website is probably the best place to go so bombaysapphire.com it'll have information on where you can get Bombay Sapphire Premier Crew and most importantly it will have a number of cocktail recipes that you can get creative with Awesome. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Uh, Dr. Ann Brock, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks for having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Arnold Schwarzenegger makes the broken news uh, this morning. It's not very often that we have uh, celebrities in the broken news, but in this case, the former California governor is now uh, in a little bit of hot water with city officials in Los Angeles after accidentally filling in a service trench. I don't know if you uh, heard this story. Apparently on Tuesday, uh, video 
of the uh, actor and former go- uh, governor, uh, went viral online. Uh, Arnold was seen patching a pothole uh, in, in Los Angeles. He said uh, members of the community had been complaining about the hole for weeks before he and his team took matters into their own hands and filled the pothole. He said, the city's not going to do it. I'm, by golly, I'm going to fill the pothole myself. Problem is, uh, the next day, the city released a statement saying that the pothole was not a pothole, but a service trench uh, for an active uh, permitted work project that was in the middle of being performed. <laughs> so they, they needed that service trench. And now they've got to open it up again. Uh, the uh, gas company has to go in and open it up again <laughs> so that they can finish the work. <clears throat> Officials say originally the work was expected to finish next month. Now it may be even longer. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I don't know if he if he filled the service trench by mistake that, that he was going to fill a legitimate pothole. Uh, but got the wrong spot or <laughs> whether he just mistaked the service trench for a pothole. But in any event, <laughs> he's got some splaining to do now to city officials. You try to do a good deed. <laughs> See what happens. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, you know, they say it's all fun and games until someone gets a ball in the face. Um an employee at uh, Carriage Hills Elementary School, and I'm not sure where this is. It doesn't. It doesn't say. It uh, doesn't give a, a city or a state here. Just Carriage Hills Elementary, wherever that is. An employee has been charged with misdemeanor assault and battery after being accused of striking a kid with a dodgeball. <laughs> School employee struck a kid with a dodgeball, according to court documents. This has gone to court now. According to court documents. A student went to the principal after allegedly being struck by a dodgeball. The kid told cops that uh, the, the kid admitted that he had thrown a dodgeball while playing a game that bounced off another student and hit the school employee. The employee then allegedly got mad uh, because he had been struck and because the kid didn't apologize. And so he hit the student with the ball. <laughs> Uh, Several kids also backed up this student's story. Uh, When interviewed by police, the employee explained that he was sitting in class. It wasn't like a gym class. He was just sitting in class when the student threw the ball. And he says the student threw the ball at him and then wouldn't apologize for it. So he took the ball and hit the kid upside the head and said, how's that feel? Shouldn't don't you think I should apologize to you for hitting you? Well, you should apologize to me for hitting me. Now, this sounds like the type of discipline that I think all of us had as kids. But now this has ended up in court. Um, The employee admitted he hit the student with the ball when he was teaching him a lesson. And uh, now the uh, school employee has a court date set for May 10th. Wow. I mean, that's the exactly the kind of discipline my father would have meted out and probably did multiple times when I was growing up. Never would have thought of taking him to court for assault. Anyway, it's the world we live in, I guess. Uh, this from Merry Old England. 
where where apparently some uh, hikers were a little more merry than usual in merry old England. The Lake the Lake District is England's biggest national park, and those who explore it can do so comforted by the knowledge that volunteers are on call to rescue anyone who happens to end up in trouble while they're hiking and exploring the park. Uh, apparently. Uh, they will even rescue you if you are in trouble because you've been taking magic mushrooms while you're hiking. Uh, <laughs> passersby who observed a group of intoxicated young adult males on Saturday in the park called the Keswick Mountain Rescue Team to say that the group needed help after taking some magic mushrooms on their hike. It's not known whether they took the magic mushrooms with them or whether they found them in the park. But in, in any event, 11 rescuers arrived at the scene and reported that two group members said they felt unwell. One of them was the one who was supposed to drive them home after their adventure. The casualties were walked down and given advice by the team medic regarding the timing of their onward travel, which is a British way of saying they told him how long they'd have to wait before it would be safe for this guy to drive. <laughs> They're being intoxicated. The rescuers noted that they spent two hours with the group <laughs> just to make sure that they were okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> you know, tourists in a lot of communities uh, can sometimes overstay their welcome or you know, be a little annoying. I mean, if you live in a tourist area, you know that tourists sometimes can be a hassle. In Portofino, Italy, tourists who want to take a selfie might have to pay $300. The mayor of the city has announced that tourists loitering in the town could see fines if they clog up popular sightseeing spots. The new penalty went into effect Easter weekend, the ban on loitering will be in place until October when the tourist season ends and enforced every day uh, until six in the evening. The objective, the mayor says, is not to make the place more exclusive or to drive away the tourists, but to allow everyone to enjoy our natural beauty. We want to avoid dangerous situations caused by overcrowding. So I get it. I understand. But, you know, if you uh, are, have an economy that depends on tourism, <laughs> maybe turning tourism into a, you know, a finable offense is not the best. Maybe a little short-sighted, you know what I mean? But then again, sometimes it is very much deserved. In um, Bali, Indonesia... A social media influencer who was on vacation might end up being deported from the country after taking naked photos with a sacred tree. <laughs> Local activists were enraged when they noticed that the tourist was taking nude photos with a 700-year-old tree located close to a temple. One of the activists said, do you think you'll look cool taking naked pictures on our holy trees? <laughs> the local immigration office has confirmed the arrest of the tourist. No other details have been released. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes tourists uh, do 
go a little overboard. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, our obligatory story out of Florida is our dumb criminal of the day. Joseph Moulton of Naples has been arrested after uh, stealing hundreds of dollars of tactical gear from the police department. <laughs> Mr. Moulton allegedly hid inside an unlocked patrol cruiser, flooded the building with a water hose, entered the police department, took a shower in the men's locker room, put on a uniform, hat, and bulletproof vest, defecated on the bathroom floor, and dropped a police radio in the toilet. It reportedly took police six hours, and this was all at the police station, it reportedly took the cops six hours to arrest the suspect inside their own building. During questioning, Mr. Moulton said he did not remember what he did because he was intoxicated at the time. <laughs> he, he was in the police station. It still took him six hours to arrest him. I'm not sure what that says about the police department in Naples, Florida. There you go. He's been charged with two counts of burglary and one count of grand theft. We'll follow the story. That is today's Broken News Report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is Ed Vlance with OSU Extension. It's planning season. Drivers will be sharing roads with tractors and farm machinery. Be alert for slow-moving vehicles, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this spring to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Are you a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of person? You always look at the brighter side uh, of things, glass half full. If you are, more than likely, you are healthier as a result. The Yale School of Public Health recently released a study showing that a positive attitude can help aging adult brains. The study included 1,700 participants aged 65 and older, those with a common type of memory loss who held positive beliefs regarding aging, were found to be 30% more likely to regain normal cognitive function, not just to slow that process down, but actually to reverse it and regain cognitive function just by virtue of the fact that they were more optimistic about aging. Uh, and by the way, this was true regardless of the severity of their memory loss. While most people believe that there is no recovery from mild cognitive decline, this may not be the case, they say. According to the lead author of the study for the Yale School of Public Health, Becca Levy, she said, little is known about why some recover, but others don't. And that's why we looked at positive outlooks on aging to see if a positive outlook would help provide an answer. And apparently it does. So... If you are a pessimist, a glass-half-empty kind of person, maybe start to switch that mindset to maintain your cognitive health as you age. And 
in once again to wrap up the week. My wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio. It is time for another collection of yummy recipes straight from Kyra's kitchen. Morning. Morning. <laughs> All bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready for another I'm beautiful day finally today. finally feeling a little bit more normal yeah. and can hear. <laughs> well, that, there. plus the weather oh, uh, yeah. certainly that really helps, uh, helps yes. with everybody's mood, I yes. think, right about now. After the uh, gorgeous week that we've had and uh, continues We're into the weekend. Spoiled. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, we have uh, some really yummy recipes. Um that would be great with the cocktails, the spring cocktails that we oh, were mentioning yeah. earlier. Okay, uh, I, I think these would uh, really uh, pair up nicely. I'm not, you know, a mixologist by any stretch, uh, you know, professional, but uh, I think Fiji these would apple, go well. bourbon, and cherries, and I'm good well, to go. Martina be, cherries, yeah, that would be good. I'm good to go. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, today we have a recipe. First of all, for chicken parmesan meatballs, specifically. In the cast iron skillet. Yes. I so, mean, if you don't have a cast iron, you can use your regular baking dish, but I don't, the cast this, iron just gives it, I don't know. And this taste. would be a good excuse. If you need an excuse yes. to go out and get a cast yeah. iron skillet, yes. this, this recipe will give you that skillet. excuse. So one pound of ground chicken, one egg, a half a cup of breadcrumbs, a quarter cup of water, one teaspoon of garlic powder, quarter teaspoon of salt, or a half teaspoon of salt, half teaspoon of dried thyme, a half a teaspoon of onion powder, a quarter teaspoon, I'm sorry, quarter teaspoon of onion powder, quarter teaspoon of pepper, quarter cup of Parmesan cheese, one and a half cups of mozzarella cheese shredded, and a jar of your favorite pasta sauce, um, and extra Parmesan uh, cheese if you want to sprinkle on top sprinkle after you're all done. Kind of more of a garnish than yes, anything else. Yes. But. So uh, preheat your oven to 375 degrees and a mixing bowl combine the ground chicken, eggs, breadcrumbs, water, Parmesan cheese, garlic powder, onion powder, thyme, salt, pepper. Mix all that well. Make sure it's all combined really good. Of course, I use my hands. I know some people are like, but I do it. I mean, I think it's the best way to get it all. Here's the thing. All if, mixed yes, up. Your, your hands may not be, right. you know, the most hygienic. Right. But you're just giving yourself whatever you already yeah, have. So right. there you go. Yeah. There's no big deal. And wash your hands afterwards <laughs> there with you go. some soap and yeah, water. Yeah, because it is. Yes. We are talking about poultry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Wash your hands you afterwards know. with with your uh, soap and water. Certainly before done. you touch anything yes. else. You don't yep. want to cross-contaminate. Right. So then... Um, um, Pour the uh, take a jar of your pasta sauce and pour that into your baking dish. Uh, then take your ground chicken mixture, form those into meatballs. Place each of the meatballs in the baking dish. Bake for about thirty minutes. Uh, once it's done, remove it from the oven. Oven cover cover it with your uh, mozzarella cheese. Sprinkle it all over and your palmer and your parmesan. Place under the broiler. I use I did it on low. Three to four minutes, but keep an eye on it. You are putting it under a broiler. Your chicken's already done. You're just wanting to kind of crisp up that that mozzarella, okay. gotcha. you know, kind of make it a golden brown. Yeah, so, so just d- keep an eye on it because you don't want it to be black. Right. You don't. No. Won't take very long. No, it doesn't. Um, so just watch your fo- uh, watch it closely, and then serve with pasta or sub buns or whatever, and enjoy. Yeah, it's l- yummy. Yes. Yummy. Yummy. We yummy. We did stuff. it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with pasta, because we and had yeah, because we had leftovers, <laughs> right? So then we had the, with the pasta first, yes. and then we did it with the uh, sandwiches, sandwiches later. later. Yeah, yes. really 
really good stuff. This is good. Uh, to go along with that, you have a recipe for sautéed mushrooms. Yes, so four tablespoons of unsalted butter, one pound of white mushrooms sliced, uh, two tablespoons of minced garlic, one teaspoon of kosher salt, and a half a teaspoon of black pepper. So melt your butter in a large skillet over medium-high heat. Add your mushrooms to the pan and season to taste with your salt and pepper. Cook for about six to seven minutes, stirring occasionally. It really does not take long. Um, they'll start to brown up and caramelize. Add your garlic and cook for another minute and stir and enjoy. And so really easy. Really the other easy. thing you can do with this is you could um, saute some onions with it and do mm. um, mushrooms and onions. Mushrooms and onions. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So and I love sauteed chicken mushrooms. Chicken Parmesan meatballs. Yes. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And for dessert. Um, this is a very fresh, very yes. springy. Yes. This is a, a very spring yeah. Yeah. dessert. Yeah. Uh, for lemon sugar cookie cups. Yes. Not cups. just lemon sugar cookies, but lemon sugar, sugar cookie, cookie cups. cups. So you okay. use a mini uh, muffin or cupcake tin. Okay. Um, so one 16.5 ounce tube of your ready to bake refrigerator sugar cookie dough. Um, or you can make your own sugar cookies, whichever you like, whichever is uh, you prefer. But that's where you start. Mm-hmm. That's where you start. Uh, 121 ounce can of your lemon pie filling and um, some powdered sugar, which is op- optional to uh, sprinkle on top after you're all ah, done. Okay, I see. It doesn't actually go no. into the recipe. No, just, no. Again, so, it's a garnish. Right. So, so three uh, preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Line 24 mini muffin cups with your paper liners, or if you don't have paper liners, just use some cooking spray. Um, Just make sure those come out. Uh, Roll your cookie dough into one-inch balls. Place each piece into the lined mini muffin cup. Bake 12 to 15 minutes until cookie cups are light and brown and completely set. Uh, don't overbake. Uh, then immediately remove from the oven and use the back of a spoon. I have one of the things I got from Pampered Chef. It's wood and it it like puts the indention the right into it, yeah. perfectly into mm-hmm. it. Um, I love it. Um, and then uh, put your lemon pie filling in there um, and then let it cool for completely cool and then sprinkle with your powdered sugar if you would like. Yeah, that's so, that's yummy. That that yeah. sounds absolutely very yes. very cool and yes. refreshing. I and love lemon you're stuff mentioning right now. the uh, mini uh, muffin cups, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the bite size mm-hmm. type. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I guess you could use larger ones, but you could but that'd be a lot of cookie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. So yeah, yeah the yeah. the mini muffins are you the way to use, go. On yeah, those. you definitely want to do the mini muffin with this. Now you get, also could try just putting it on your cookie sheet and baking it. Well, yeah, and then make like a thumbprint um, type thing mm-hmm. that way um, with your with well, your spoon. Sort and, of like now you probably won't put as much pie filling in it. Yeah, as what you would with right. with this. One. That's why I was thinking uh, kind of mm-hmm. like the uh, Christmas the, cookies. The, with thumbprint the, with cookies. Yeah, with mm-hmm. the um, uh, yes. Hershey's Kisses in yes. the middle or something. Mm-hmm. It would be the but same just, type of thing. Yep. with. Yeah, yep. so you could do it on uh, yep. that way as well. Okay. Yes. So uh, ways to kind of spice yeah. that up there. Miss Janelle, she loves making, uh, at our church, she yep. loves making the thumbprint cookies. She's very <laughs> famous for those. They're very uh, good. So the recipes for the chicken Parmesan meatballs, the sautéed mushrooms, and the lemon sugar cookie cups are all on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, right? Yep. We've got them posted up there yep. and linked up at goodmornings.net. Uh, you can also uh, 
So you can check them out there. And if you have an idea uh, for those recipes, if you want to share one of your own, uh, or you've got a request for a recipe from Kyra's Kitchen you've been looking for, uh, connect with her there at, yes. on Facebook at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. So follow for all of the recipes and much, much more. My wife, Kyra. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for this morning. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program to finish up the week here. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. And coming up Monday, a new bank rate study finds more than two-thirds of us have made financial sacrifices in our own lives when our grown children are in a money crunch. But are we really helping? What are the risks? And when should we expect them to be able to stand on their own? So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. Catch you back here next week.